The Philippines is not getting a lot of return on investment for those military members, service members, officers, trainings in the United States, in particular and specifically at USMAs or United States Military Academies. On average, the Philippines spends about 13 million Philippine pesos or more than 500,000 US dollars for every student that it sends to study at the United States Military Academy. And this is just for board and logic, uh, which is kind of strange since most of the academies, the students stay in dorms, they stay at the United States Military Academy. Um, they are not quite living the life of Riley. It's not like a private college or university where, you know, the uh, accommodations are pretty much uh, that of a high-end apartment building um, in the rest of, uh, you know, the the uh, college campuses now, which, which actually in some cases, some students' dwellings are often better than what they came from at home in some cases uh, because of just you know how expensive they are okay cadets uh, being sent to uh, other countries uh, at very high expense i think it, it's worth it you know it's worth it because it's part of our alliance so uh, uh, we have been sending cadets to, uh, to West Point, to the U.S. Naval Academy, to the U.S. Air Force Academy for so many years. And I think we have several there now. Um, we pay for them now because wala na yung basis dito. But when the U.S. basis was still here, we're still here, libre yan eh. It's part of the uh, agreement na parang assistant sila sa atin. But when the basis uh, was stopped, I was uh, closed in 1992. From then, uh, we we also pay for the uh, modern lodging and education of our of our uh, cadets there. So, why can't we use this to uh, improve the livelihood of our people? Uh, yes, we can do, do it, but that is a very uh, negligible amount compared to the needs of the people here in the Philippines. Secretary Lorenzana and like many uh, developing world uh, officials and uh, people from, uh, you know, uh, the Philippines actually isn't technically developing world anymore. It's, it's a it's what they call a tiger economy, an economy that is basically developed to a point where it is uh, practically first world in, in many aspects. Although it does have a high level and instance of, of uh, poverty, it is not considered a poor country anymore as by, by most standards because of economics. However, the pandemic has, of course, changed that situation with a lot of people out of work, a lot of other issues, and, and a lot of things that uh, they wish they didn't have to spend so much money on defense and security issues. Uh, part of that concern, of course, is the ongoing communist insurgency in the Philippines, um, which is kind of ironic. You know, the, the communist insurgents in the Philippines are mostly Maoist. In fact, the CCP uh, was founded on the birth anniversary the, the Communist Party of the Philippines was founded on the birth anniversary of Mao Zedong, and it was actually founded in Beijing, China. A lot of people don't really know that too much. They don't really advertise it that much, but you can just look online and you will find the references to it and how that this was a present by the the former uh, 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 head, now that he calls himself uh, 
uh, what did he call himself? The advisor of the National Democratic Front, uh, Joma Sison. That was supposedly a birthday present to uh, Mao Zedong uh, when he founded it. And and because of that, they have a lot of allies in uh, places like Congress in the Philippines. Uh, you know, the Philippines is a bicameral Congress. They have a House of Representatives. They have a Senate, uh, uh, Supreme Court, uh, three divisions, a uh, bicameral legislature. Very much a, a three division government uh, with you know the courts, uh, legislature, and and a presidency. Uh, it is a democracy, and uh, they follow these standards. But their biggest rival is, of course, these situations where you have groups like the Chinese Communist Party that do exist in the Philippines through proxy. Uh, in many instances, with hardliners that are no longer popular in Beijing. These are people who are no longer popular in Beijing, but they somehow have influence in the insurgency in the Philippines. And that's kind of weird, but it is what it is it does exist and you know lorenzana has to uh, spend money on the insurgency programs counterinsurgency programs that the philippine government has and counter security efforts that they also have to deal with because of groups like isis uh al-qaeda and others that also engage in terrorism in the philippines and at times are strange bedfellows between these two groups uh there's actually some kind of coordination uh between like let's say the the communist insurgents will sometimes sell weapons to uh, the Abu Sayyaf or the uh, uh, Al-Qaeda Malti group or whatever. Uh, it's it's their way of, you know, existing. I don't think there's any, like, long-term alliance. There's, there's kind of a synergy between the two groups wherein they actually do coexist and because they are fighting the same military, that's what they do. Anyway, let's get to Lorenzana on that. Yeah, uh, you know, I pull myself... Uh hindi ako masyadong ano, inclined. If I were the decision maker, I will not send any more cadets to uh, to the United States or anywhere. Uh, because, uh, as you said, we have sufficient PMA graduates. I think we graduate how many uh, cadets every year? About 150. 150 cadets and we have our OTC and uh, whatever. Now, ang isa pang hindi maalito, hindi ko gusto dito sa mga graduate ng uh, Service academies of uh, the U.S. Eh, no, very, very few of them remain in the service. They get out of the service as soon as far as, as soon as they can. Exactly. Yes, sir. Yeah, maalis sila eh. Yung isa mga, mga tinyente pa lang, they are already migrating to the United States. And uh, I can only count in my one finger those who graduated from, say, from West Point uh, out of so many hundreds, mga in my finger, kung sino ang nag-retire dito. Most of them are there in the United States. When I went there, andun sila. Sa, andun sila yung graduate ng Annapolis, graduate ng West Point, uh, everything. Mabuti nga si Captain Herridger, tagtagal pa rito hanggang captain siya. Yung iba, hindi nakalating ng kapitan eh. Uh, before they left the service. Uh, but it is a good program because, you know, you can, uh, it's also one of uh, imbibing some of the uh, uh, good things, uh, yung best practices ng ibang bansa, dalhin mo dun sa atin. Tapos, you teach in the academy also and, uh, you know, echo these uh, things, good things to the future leaders of the Philippine uh, military. Secretary Lorenzana and like many uh, developing world uh, officials and uh, people from uh, you know, uh, the Philippines actually isn't technically a developing world anymore. It's, it's a it's what they call a tiger economy, an economy that is basically developed to a point where it is uh, practically first world in, in many aspects, although it does have a high level and instance of, of uh, 
poverty, it is not considered a poor country anymore. That's by, by most standards because of economics. However, the pandemic has, of course, changed that situation with a lot of people out of work, a lot of other issues, and, and a lot of things that uh, they wish they didn't have to spend so much money on defense and security issues. Uh, part of that concern, of course, is the ongoing communist insurgency in the Philippines, um, which is kind of ironic. You know, the, the communist insurgents in the Philippines are mostly Maoist. In fact, the CCP uh, was founded on the birth anniversary the, the Communist Party of the Philippines was founded on the birth anniversary of Mao Zedong, and it was actually founded in Beijing, China. A lot of people don't really know that too much. They don't really advertise it that much, but you can just look online and you will find the references to it and how that this was a present by the the former uh, 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 head, now that he calls himself, uh, uh, what does he call himself? The advisor of the National Democratic Front, uh, Joma Sison. That was supposedly a birthday present to uh, Mao Zedong. Uh, when he founded it. And and because of that, they have a lot of allies in uh, places like Congress in the Philippines. Uh, you know, the Philippines is a bicameral Congress. They have a House of Representatives. They have a Senate, uh, uh, Supreme Court, uh, three divisions, a uh, bicameral legislature, very much a, a three-division government uh, with, you know, the courts, uh, legislature, and, and a presidency. Uh, it is a democracy, and uh, they follow these standards. But their biggest rival is, of course, these situations where you have groups like the Chinese Communist Party that do exist in the Philippines through proxy, uh, in many instances, with hardliners that are no longer popular in Beijing. These are people who are no longer popular in Beijing, but they somehow have influence in the insurgency in the Philippines. And that's kind of weird, but it is what it is. It does exist. And, you know, Lorenzana has to uh, spend money on the insurgency programs, counterinsurgency programs that the Philippine government has and counter security efforts that they also have to deal with because of groups like ISIS, uh, Al-Qaeda, and others that also engage in terrorism in the Philippines. And at times there's strange bedfellows between these two groups. Uh, there's actually some kind of coordination uh, between like, let's say the, the communist insurgents will sometimes sell weapons to uh, the Abu Sayyaf or the uh, uh, Al-Qaeda Malti group or whatever. Uh, it's it's their way of you know existing. I don't think there's any like long term alliance. There's there's kind of a synergy between the two groups, where they actually do coexist, and because they are fighting the same military, that's what they do. Anyway, let's get to Lorenzana on that. Uh, in fact, uh, there was this uh, congressman who criticized me for procuring these helicopters, these planes, and everything uh, attack helicopters. Sabi niya, ba't ka bumibili niyan? Dapat ibuwos natin yan sa mga mahihirap. Sabi ko sa kanya, I agree with you. Patigilin mo lang yung mga kasamahan yung NPA na manggugulo dyan. And we will stop buying this equipment and we will, uh, we will put this money where it should be. Infrastructure development for our people. Tumigil lang sila. Itigil lang nila yung kanyang armed struggle. Yung mga kasamahan mo dyan uh, sa bundong. And we will stop buying these things. Oh. I know, I know. It's very expensive. Uh, this, this equipment is very expensive to fight these uh, rebels. But we must. It is the duty of the government to protect itself uh, and the people. That is Philippine Defense Secretary Delfin Lorenzana and uh, his opinion of uh, maybe not necessarily uh, a long-term solution, but, but his idea that if the Philippines has to toe the line, for example, with the uh, you know, uh, what the United States government wants when it comes to sanctions with uh, Russia. 
where they uh, want them to not buy weapon systems from Russia, but the United States doesn't offer helicopters at a price that is at the same price that Russia provides. You know, the Mi-17 helicopter is a very good helicopter, and uh, unfortunately, they're asking the Philippines to not pick up the order or pay for the rest of the order, even though they paid for more than enough uh, to to initially take delivery of some units. So, so that is an issue right now. And then they have to pay, you know, when they send students to study in the United States as service academies, hey, they're invited, they're accepted and all that, but <laughs> now, they, now they ask for the bill. Yeah, but Secretary Lorenzana has to learn and, and also other Filipinos have to learn. When you send students to study at American universities, even if they have a scholarship, generally those colleges and universities find ways of making money off of the people they give the scholarships to. You would be very, very hard pressed to find a, a scholarship program in the United States that doesn't have some kind of income earning for the college and university, usually with the dorms, usually with, with board and lodging, usually with meals, usually with other things, where they're going to try and get the money back somehow, some way. And that's just the way it is. And that's the way it was. And that's what it, the way it's going to be sometimes. But that doesn't have to be the way it always will be. I'm Mike of New York, and that is my podcast today. You have a great day. God bless God loves you and so do I. Have a wonderful day.